ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fans' eyed view, and also welcome to winter, especially in <laughs> Melbourne, which means welcome to snow season if you're a Melbourne member. Welcome to the mid-year buys. Welcome to mid-year uh, holiday breaks for media bigwigs and barley trips and results that don't make sense and niche sports like State of Origin, the Ashes, and the Tour de France coming to take that opportunistically. As steal your attention away from footy until the road to funnels begins. But have no fear, after a massive one-week break, we're back. Including the officer's number one footy fan, fresh from a trip to East Bali all by himself. Yep. The bustling Nicky G. Question without notice. Yes. Uh, how much footy did you watch while you were away using your uh, very expensive <laughs> VPN? Not not too much, to be honest. I managed to watch the Hawthorne game at a bar, but um, that's probably all the footy I watched over there. Had a nice break from it. And I can understand why people, including uh, players, yeah. uh, footy players, go to Bali for that mid-season trip, especially Jordan Degoe. Still very relaxing and refreshed and ready to go. Media Watch is a different version this week. It's called the In Case You Missed It edition. We're going to play a game of Catch Me Up or Forget About I like It. This. If you like the idea of a story that you've missed whilst you're in Bali, you say Catch Me Up and we'll have a little <laughs> chat about it. And if you don't like the story, we just say Forget About It and we move on. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first one is Bali. So yeah. Bali bans. The headline is Just Shouldn't Go to Bali. Yeah. Former star, in inverted commas, <laughs> doesn't want players jetting off during the buy. Yeah. Paul Hazelby. Yes. Um, Catch me up or uh, forget about it. Catch me up. Catch me up. So uh, basically he went on to say uh, on SEN uh, that um, he just doesn't trust footballers basically. Yeah. Uh, Flights are long. They're bad for recovery. Um, You can get sick. Um, you might do something silly, like Jordan Degoe. Yes. See, that, that's quite understandable. Oh, yeah. The, the illness you, have, part of it. Have you come back? Have you come back from your Bali trip though? You know, sick and tired and sore and incapable of working. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I also don't carry a lot of injuries, and you can get sick very easily over there. I'll, I'll yeah. tell you that. Um, one little sip of water or from the tap, or. Having a lettuce that's been washed under a tap as well can get you sick. So you do have to be careful. And I heard Bali Bali can be quite uh, vigorous and um, unrelenting. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, he probably makes a good point. Maybe just to stick to your holidays in Australia during the bye weeks and save the overseas trips for, you know, post-season. There you go. I reckon AFL players can afford bottled water. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think they're okay. <laughs> I think they're okay. And yeah. to be fair, you know, Bali is sometimes quicker to go to Bali than it is to go to Perth or something like that. So, true, true. So, uh, I don't know, let, let them have a buy. <laughs> let them have a buy. Uh, whilst you're away, the tackle, is it in danger? This is the headline. Uh, footy's, uh, footy legend, stunning call for the AFL to ditch tackling. Yeah, Ten extra points if you can guess who it was. Um, someone old. Definitely someone old. Definitely someone old. Someone uh, who hates tackling. Uh, I actually haven't clicked these links. Would it be maybe a, like a Lee Matthews or a... Close. A, close. An era before Lee Matthews. Okay. So was he, he was obviously a player. Was player, he a coach? He was a player and a coach. Um, Coached at Adelaide and he played for North Melbourne. Oh, Malcolm Blight. Malcolm Blight. <laughs> it's this time of year because everyone else goes on holiday in the media. Yeah. So Malcolm Blight got rung up and uh, he had to have his take. And uh, Malcolm Blight did some numbers as well, and he uh, he tallied up all the tackles that had been tackled during yep. this season and he compared them to when he played football. Right. And he was like, okay. oh, we've had as many tackles in half a season as we did in basically my entire career. 
Yeah, and it's ruining ruining the game. Yeah, yeah. and he said, obviously, we've got we've got a concussion coming in, and so you're getting legislated for tackling anyway. Yeah. So he, uh, long story short, wants the game to ban tackling, <laughs> and he also wants the coaches to uh, sign a waiver that says they commit to playing oh, aggressive and free-flying football. No. Uh, and obviously he wants the positions back and basically he wants football to be netball um, but with punching like it was back in the day. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you have been caught up, but um, yeah. yeah. What's your thoughts on Malcolm Blight's craziness? Well, I can understand. All right, there's probably more tackles in this day and age. Um, probably the game's more congested than what it used to be, um, less free-flowing, but... I don't think scrapping the tackle or getting the coaches to sign a, a, a waiver at, this, at, at their contract is really the answer. Um, and I also don't think the answer is giving players two, three match suspensions if a player was unlucky to, you know, cop a head injury. So something's got to happen. But yeah, ditching the tackle is definitely not it. And like surely, and maybe it is impossible and no, no one's done it, but like there are some smart brains out there. The AF has a fair bit of money. Yeah. Invent a helmet. Yeah. Invent a helmet. That's, Can you imagine that? <laughs> that's just everyone wears a helmet. Like, yeah. it, you know, everyone wears this fancy new helmet we've got. Yeah. Something like that. I wonder what that would look like. Would it be more? Scotty Platten's yeah, skull like, cap. Like but, an, a current. An actual. Yeah. But, but like. Better. I don't know. I don't know. It hasn't been invented yet. But, you know, listeners out there, if you've got some uh, yeah. a degree in medicine and physics, probably what you need, and some uh, materials uh, knowledge as well, then uh, get, you know, making that patent and sell it to AFL for a million dollars and uh, <laughs> you'll save the game and make yourself a pretty penny at the same time. Very true. Um, on that, you say that you can't expect the coaches to sign a waiver. Yeah. Obviously, the Ashes were on and you wouldn't have been watching that either over in Bali. But um, <laughs> there's lots of talk about baseball and, like, you know, the dedication to making the game entertaining yeah. versus the requirement for teams to win games. Right. And it's okay. probably less important in Test Match Cricket because, well, there is a Test Championship now, but traditionally yeah. countries just play countries and at the end of the series, like, okay, you want a trophy, but, like, yeah. there's no grand final, there's no, you know, there's no yeah. clubs, whatever. As a fan... Mm-hmm. Do you want your team to play? Let's pretend you're a St Kilda fan, for instance. <laughs> do example. you want you do you want your team to try and win games of football or play entertaining footy? Ideally, they do both. And if you're a really good club, well, then like you get you get both, and it's great. And you usually win a premiership. But if you're not a great club or you don't have a great list, yeah, do you want your team to just do whatever they can? Chelsea's parked the bus to use another sport, or just try and entertain us. We don't expect a premiership from you. Yeah, I think it goes hand in hand though a bit in in this sport in mm. AFL. Um, you can't obviously compare it to cricket or some other sports, but like we've obviously had this debate before. Yeah. I believe entertaining and attacking footy can win premierships. I'm not completely sold on the full Ross Lyon style, defend at all costs and hit teams on the counter-attack style. Yeah. Um, I don't think that wins premierships. Um, but for, for argument's sake, you obviously want to win. So, um, yeah, I think just win at all costs as well. Yeah. I guess I think, that, that's the result you want. Yeah. So. And the only people complaining at the start of the season about the Saints' performances when they were winning yeah. were, were neutrals watching the football. Yeah. Like the Saints fans weren't complaining. They're complaining now because it's no longer working, but uh, we'll get to that in the second half of the show. Uh, headline, Essendon is considering changing its logo. Yeah, I saw this one. Yeah, this one was interesting. We'll, we'll catch you up then. And um, <laughs> the world ended. 
basically. Yeah. Well, and when I said, well, ended, I think four people got upset on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. But basically, they, they, the club commissioned a group to do some analysis on whether or not they should rebrand because yeah. they're an old brand. I, and the yeah. world melted and said, yeah. we're an old proud brand. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. It, it's funny because I think Essendon and St. Kilda are the only two teams that haven't updated their logo in the yeah. last, like, oh, since the, since 2000, I think. Yeah. Um, they're still the, they're the last two standing teams with a logo created in the 90s. So um, I'm not sure why this got a lot more publicity than it did. Um than it was supposed to, I guess. But I think it was because it was all about dropping the the bomber plane um, mm. and how, I guess, political correctness got involved and, <laughs> you know, um, does it really suit 2023 to have a plane that drops bombs, etc. So that's obviously why people got a bit upset. Um, but, yeah, I, I I hate Essendon being a Hawthorne supporter. Um but yeah, that that Essendon logo is iconic. The bomber jet is iconic, and I think it has to stay. So you don't want to see them officially become the Essendon Mosquitoes? No, that's silly. I don't think the name was ever going to be changed. I think it was just the logo, kind of like what Melbourne did. Yeah, Melbourne dropped the demon from their logo. Mm-hmm. They're still called Melbourne Demons, but they've just got that. What do you call it? The MFC. Yeah, the insignia. Yes, there you go. So, um, yeah, it would have been a similar kind of change to that, but I'm sure um, Essendon will do a very careful job of this and they'll be sure not to upset their fans. And this is a classic, like, we'll upset you now so we don't upset you later. Yeah. We'll leg that we're doing a study and then, okay, great, we've got some feedback, no one likes it. All right, well, we can stop doing that study. Yeah. Job done. Yeah. Keep the logo. (laughs) Headline. AFL clubs rebuilding is an excuse for failure, says uh, newly oh. football first pre- uh, pre- president yeah. Ports David Cage. Short memory, him. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really want to read into this because I know it's rubbish. Everything that comes out of this guy's mouth is rubbish. All right, we'll <laughs> move it on. We'll move it on. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll touch on it, though, okay. if you don't mind. Yep, let's go. Um, yeah, Port went through a little period there in the 2010s, early mm-hmm. 2010s, where they finished bottom two or three for a few years in a row. Um, I don't think rebuilding is a sign of failure. I think it's measured on how quick you can bounce back from rebuilding. Yeah. Every team has to rebuild. Yes, you can. It, it, it's a cycle in the AFL. Teams might be able to skip it if they get lucky with trading, mm-hmm. um, kind of like how, what Geelong's done. But eventually it's going to catch up with teams because that's just how the AFL's designed. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, but a good club will bounce back quickly. That's all I'll say. It's very interesting when everyone uses Geelong as the example. Yeah. And I think Geelong doesn't count in the Melbourne example because they have a catchment area and they've had a long history of a catchment area. Yeah. And so, like, if you go back into the VFL, they weren't actually that good. Yeah. They weren't that good until the zoning laws were applied in the late 80s, I think it was, and someone will sure correct me in the comments. But then they got the Geelong zone, and Geelong zone was really strong. Mm. And so then they got stronger in the, the 80s and 90s. And then since then, they've yeah. always had really good retention of the Geelong Falcons and the whatever leagues in that area. 
Yep. And then because they've been successful for so long, people want to go there. And then you can you can you know enhance the beach lifestyle and the city near the city stuff. Well, that's but that's all like so what? Like every every town yeah. has that. Yeah. But they're a good club, run well. But because they've always been a good club and run well, mm. so the whole thing like good clubs don't rebuild. Well, no, just Geelong doesn't rebuild. Yeah. Sydney's on the bottom advantage. of the water. Yeah. Yeah. Sydney is, is, is that was his other example, and it's like they've never talked about rebuilds. Well, they, they just they just don't say they're rebuilding, but they spent a lot of time in the bottom of the ladder or like in the bottom four ago. or five. Yeah, I think it was twenty twenty. Yeah, and twenty nineteen they were bottom three. So again, and yes, they they do get um, benefits as well through their yeah. academy and all that. Players like Luke Parker, Callum Mills, they, they were all um, not handed to Sydney, but they had first pick. Over mm. them, and when they didn't really have top ten picks to use, um, they officially they yeah they got top ten picks through that rule. So um, again, they, they've had advantages, and other teams don't get that. But again, uh, depending on how quickly you can um, bounce back from a rebuild, that that's what defines a, a good team. Absolutely. My last one. The headline is veteran Brisbane pair stand down indefinitely. And so that's a very vague headline. Yeah. I, you want to take this one on or you want to let it pass by? I, I, I did see it. Uh, I mean, we'll let it, we'll let it pass by. We, we've spoken about all the other topics. But, again, like Gunston and Daniel Rich, I did see this. And, um, yeah, I, I think it was very brave of them to do that. Um, to, to obviously let go of their spots in the side and, um, yeah, I think that's what a good side needs to do. You need to have selfless players like that who know they're not playing well and make room for other players. Um, yeah, it would have been interesting, though, would Fagan have dropped? Well, I think that's the point. The they were dropped. They were? They just they were dropped. But okay. they, they, they just came in. Or Brisbane's... This is my conspiracy hat now. Yeah. But clearly they're not good enough to be in the side at the moment. Yeah. So Brisbane's worked out a way to present it to the media that a person that they not well didn't get spend too much to get across to them, but they've picked up a recruit in Gunston. Mm-hmm. They've got Rich, who is a, a, you know a stalwart of the side, and so we don't really want to just have them as dropped in the Tuesday team list. So how can we you know present this to the public to say that oh they came forward they're not fit yeah they'll do a little mini preseason in the middle of the year and they'll come back and they'll try and get break Fair into enough. that yeah. Other teams would just drop them. Yeah. Port Adelaide, you know, hang out in the twos. Like yeah. Jack Watts. Like, yeah, yeah we spend that heaps for you. Like, so I don't know. I feel like it's it's a massaging of the actual thing. Oh, it could but, be. But, uh, yeah. You know. And then instead, they get the congrats. Like, thanks for doing the brave thing, dropping That's yourself. It. Well done, boys. Leadership. Don't even have to play twos. Enjoy your trip to Bali. Like, <laughs> it all comes around full circle. A month since we last did it, time for buy, sell, hold. This will be instead of our previews. We might mention some games, but uh, trying to pick winners during the uh, buy games is yeah. uh, impossible. So we'll avoid that at all costs. Instead, we'll go some long-range uh, predictions and some investments. Do we buy into a club? Are we selling the club off or are we holding for more information? I'm going to do every club except uh, for the dumpster fire at the bottom of the ladder. So Gi- Giants, Hawthorne, North Melbourne, West Coast, 
don't buy into them. They're trying to win the spoon and it's upsetting <laughs> David Cash. I'm surprised you included GWS in that category, actually. They're not uh, going to do anything this year, are they? No, oh, I mean, oh, they've had a couple of good games over the last few weeks, but yeah, I don't they're think... They're not playing finals. They're not playing finals, no. no. It's Toby Green who's getting them the points. So <laughs> we'll start at the top and we'll go our way down yep. in irrelevancy. Collingwood, buy, sell or hold? Buy, absolutely. Um, the... I'm expecting a drop-off, but I don't think it'll happen in the next month. They've got Adelaide at the MCG. I think they should win that. Gold Coast, who are just very hot and cold at the moment. Bulldogs, who have just lost Liam Jones um, for pretty much the rest of the season, or until finals anyway, if they make it. And then Freo at the MCG. They'll win probably three out of four, if not four out of four of those. So I'm buying into Collingwood. I'm buying into Collingwood too, and that is because you say that the drop-off hasn't come yet and it's not going to be for a while. Yep. I think we already saw it. They had a couple of games there where they were kind of off the boil and they lost that game to Melbourne, which when you look at it, you know, Melbourne should have smacked them. Yep. Melbourne missed out. So that was their big drop-off. That, that should have been, you know, a six-goal, seven-goal win. Yeah. They got away with it. looks nice on the scoreboard. They've had their break. Fair enough. Like, they're ready to go again. Yeah. I'd, I'd buy into them now. Like, they're nowhere near their best and they're still... You know, premiership favourites, yeah. close enough to top of the ladder. Everything's going pretty good. A couple of injury concerns. Yeah, they're going to be there at the pointy end. They're going to be there at the pointy end. Buy in. Grand final. Get prelim. ready to avoid all of your annoying Pies fans because they're going to be playing a prelim yeah. at least. Yeah. Second club, Melbourne. Buy, hold or sell? Uh, I've gone hold yep. for now. Yep. Again, they beat Collingwood, which um, not many people expected them to do. But I'm really liking uh, their fixture coming up. Uh, obviously, the tough one is tonight at GMHBA Stadium. They take on Geelong. They're not favourites for that one, which was interesting. Um, and obviously, they're with yeah, Clayton Oliver. But you look after that. GWS, St Kilda, Brisbane at the MCG, Adelaide at the MCG, Richmond, North Melbourne, Carlton, Hawthorne, and then Sydney to finish off. That is a very favorable run home and that is going to get them in um some good form going into finals so um i should probably be buying into them not holding actually, <laughs> yeah. But, um actually yeah i'll change mine to buy i'm buying uh, into melbourne you've talked yourself into it and uh fair enough too i am going a hold and it's a long-term hold so they're already second they're already second favorite yeah i don't say i'm getting overcoming collingwood into being yeah. out and out premiership favorites mm-hmm Yes, they thoroughly dominated Collingwood on an off day. They haven't really done that to anyone else of merit yet. Obviously, they haven't played Geelong. They could go down to Geelong and make me look silly and smack them at Canadian Park. Then I'd say kudos and I should have bought you and I missed out. But yep. also, you know, you're saying front sixes more than ever are going to like determine premierships. Sparrow, Fridge, Pickett, Chandler, Smith and Gorn. Mm-hmm. I'm not really scared of that forward line. Are you scared of that forward line? No. No, it's it, they've never really had the best forward line, I, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, still, I think they've proven to score goals. Well, yeah, it's through a spread. Yeah. And, like, the last spread team we had was what? The Bulldogs? Yeah, yeah. Richmond, maybe, but even Richmond still had... Rewald. Rewald, and then Lynch. added Lynch. So, yeah, the last time to do it without, like, a, a proper forward line was the Bulldogs. They did it once, and they got lucky, in my honest opinion. <laughs> and then, like, the last four rounds, the Demons' shot accuracy is worst in the competition. So midfield's great, defence is great, transition's great, game style's pretty good. But if you don't make a count on the scoreboard, like they didn't against Collingwood, 
Yep. You're going to have domination periods and not make it count. So I'm not scared of the Ds yet, so I'm not buying it. Yeah. The big hype team, Port Adelaide, buy, sell or hold? Uh, buy because they've, I mean, they've already jumped up in a lot of value since the last time we did this. Um, obviously, what, what are they up to now? 10 wins in a row? 10 wins in a row, yeah. Yeah, 10 wins. And um, I really, I can't see them losing anytime soon. They'll, they'll probably lose one that we when we least expected, but like... Yeah, just looking at their fixture, their run home, their, their toughest fixtures against Collingwood, they're playing at the Adelaide Oval. Um, I think they do have to play Geelong in Geelong. That's probably as hard as it gets. And again, very favourable run home. They're in top form. They obviously can't lose. And they've been challenged as well. They've had some tough fixtures and they've overcome them. Travelling away from home, something Brisbane haven't been able to do. I'm buying into them. I reckon they could be a grand final side. Is it too much too soon? Because I've got mine penciled in as the profit-taking sell. Profit-taking sell. I don't think they get any better than this. Really? I think they're playing at max capacity right now. So it's, what do you think they drop off? They, drop, they have to drop off. Can mm. I get any better? Like, I mean, they'll they've got they'll the, lose they've, a game. They're gonna probably. lose. Yeah, but like, are they gonna lose more than that? Are they gonna are they gonna come to the finals and everyone's like, well, we've worked it out? Or is it this just a method that's just too good? Oh. Midfield's too good. I did do a ladder predictor the other day. Yeah, I had them f- finishing first. Well, there you go. Um, again, I mentioned their run home. If they finish top of the ladder or even top two. Mm. They're going to win the qualifying final at home. Yeah. Probably win the prelim at home. And then there you go. Roll, roll the dice grand and grand final. Day. Yeah. yeah. I'm buying into them. There you go. You've, you've basically talked me around to it. <laughs> the only thing, only problem I see is that, and again, it's such a weird catch-22 because system teams suck. They, they use less energy, but they don't win grand finals. Yeah. Effort teams like Port Adelaide, like yeah. Richmond, like Collingwood currently as well. It's really hard to play that that way every week for a yeah, long period of time. Yeah. But they do it and they win grand finals. So it makes sense. You just have to back in that they can do it for another, what, 18 weeks. Yeah. So uh, you've convinced me as my financial advisor to buy in. And if you haven't bought in, you're missing out. So the, the returns will start to diminish now, but uh, jump on and you'll, you'll look good. It's still a long way out. Yeah. Brisbane. Buy, sell, hold. These ones are vibes, man. The vibes are off. As I said, they had the two boys walk out. Sorry, we're not good enough. Two yeah. senior boys been like, we could try. We could try really hard. We could play twos. Or we could just have a break. Yeah. And they can't win away from home. They cannot win that, away that is, That's massive. I, I really thought they overcame that hurdle last year in finals uh, when they won there at the MCG against Melbourne, I think it was. Um, but, I mean, the fact that... They couldn't beat Hawthorne there. Um, they've lost some absolute shockers this year already. Um, and that was probably the worst one of the lot. They lost to Adelaide the week before. Two losses in a row. Um, oh, sorry, they did beat Sydney last week. But, um, yeah, again, I did the ladder predicted the other day. I see Brisbane losing another three, four games for the year. Yeah. So that puts them at... I think eight losses, four losses would put them at eight losses for the year. And if we go off last year's ladder, eight losses does not get you top four. Yeah. So I'm selling. There you go. I'm holding because 
basically in terms of like the odds which I have based this kind of order off, they're back to where they started the year at. So you don't lose anything by hanging on to it for a couple of weeks. Yeah. They're they're there or thereabouts. All the same question marks. You know? Yeah. Their defense is looking a bit shaky. So next week they fix the defense, but then they don't have it in the midfield. And yeah. They fix the midfield, then the defense is broken, and then the forwards don't show up. Like there's no consistency, and it's all weird games. And like yes, it's only one game last week, but they beat Sydney. They won the clearance count by nine, but they got outscored yeah. from clearance by 23. That's a yeah. classic Brisbane thing. Mm. It's kind of like what's going on? Like you're really good tonight at one thing and terrible at something else, yeah. and it just yo-yos all year long. So there's yeah. no consistency. So there's no trust. Um, and so selling probably makes sense, but well, you get a little free spin with them. So. If they lose to St Kilda this week at Marvel Stadium, which is a very interesting game, yeah. I think the stocks are going to plummet. Yeah. That's and ironically, the reverse will happen for St Kilda, but we'll, we'll get to them in, yeah. in just a minute. Uh, Geelong, buy, sell, hold. And my only note here, well, not my only note, but my big note is just maybe, <laughs> maybe it's over. I think it is. I, I think it is. Chris Scott's 300th is tonight, the yeah. Thursday night, the night that we're recording this. Yeah. Maybe it's time they just all... Maybe they don't listen to David Koch. Yeah. Maybe they, they rebuild. Yeah. Well, again, I'm not saying... I think if Geelong were to just rip the Band-Aid off and rebuild, they do have a lot of ageing players on their list. We know that. Um, but I, I think there'll be a team that will be able to bounce back quickly. If they, you know, head to the draft, do it quickly and um, do start that transition while they've still got like the likes of Jeremy Cameron on their list, um, etc. So, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting topic, but um, yeah, I'm selling them. I think they're done this season. They might still scrape into finals. I'm not saying they won't, but they, they'll probably win tonight uh, at down in Geelong. But um, yeah, they just don't seem like the same Geelong team that we've seen in previous years. They've, they don't have that fire in their belly. And yeah, and it's hard to, obviously, we haven't interviewed every player and said, like, do you still have the fire in your belly? But like, they've conceded 100 points from 38% of their games this season. Yeah. So it's their highest ever since 2010. Yeah. Which is the end of their last little, like, five-year run of premierships. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. Like it, it, it would suggest. Yes, they're still averaging 100 points against top eight opponents, but that's a very un. They're playing this very, you know, open, free, not a lot of defensive integrity, which yeah. is going to cause them a lot of troubles against, um, yeah, the top top sides. So, again, like they're back to being where they where they started the year at there or thereabouts. But I think it's yeah, you could probably sell and not have too many concerns come the end of September. Essendon. They're thinking, rethinking their logo. But should yeah. they dare to dream? Or should they just fly under the radar? If you were an Essendon fan, are you buying in? And as a, as a neutral, are you, or a hater, really, let's be honest, but yeah. are you going to buy, sell, or hold? I think if you're an Essendon supporter, you'd be buying because, I mean. And what are you buying for, though? Because often the best investments have to have a, a roof, like yeah. a cap. So once we get to this point, Essendon mm. fans shouldn't be thinking, oh, let's buy and then hang on until we get to a premiership. No. You'd be buying for, like, maybe a finals win. A finals win. Absolutely. Make finals, but obviously they want to break that um, that drought that's just hanging over their head. Yeah. It has been for a long time as well. But um, I'm just looking at this from a realistic point of view. I'm, I'm not looking at it through my Hawthorne glasses at all, but... I just think they've, they've had a very good season so far. You can't fault them. 
they're further ahead than what we all would have expected, including Essendon supporters, so well done. But the second half of their season, it's, it's tough. Mm. And I'm just not sure if they'll be able to get over the line in the end. So it starts this week, they're playing Frio in Perth, and they've got Port Adelaide, and they've got Adelaide who can score heavily, and they've got Geelong in Geelong, then the Bulldogs. Sydney could be good by the time they play him. And then um, and they've obviously still got to play Collingwood as well. So, and GWS in Sydney. So, it's a very tough run home. Mm. How many of those, I mean, what are they up to now? Eight wins. They need to win five of those to make finals. They do play West Coast and North. So, they need to find three wins in those matches that I just listed. Yeah. And it's hard to find them. Yeah. So, I'm selling. Yeah. And I think... Yeah, there's no there's no advantage to holding, really, if you've got the Essendon stock. I think we've seen their peak. They're ahead of the gap. Like, we had them mm. probably bottom four to start the year. They'll be just outside the eight, you know, nine to 13. Yeah. Which could. You know, it's progression, one yeah. year at a time. There's nothing about that team, the way they play, that suggests they're going to be a funnel threat. There's no week-to-week consistency. They're just not there yet, which is fine. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. And, I, and it'll be interesting to see that back half drop off if it does happen because... They have been the most improved defensively year on year. So they've mm. improved their defense by two and a half goals per game. Yep. Biggest improvement in the AFL. But as you've just suggested, probably with a softish draw halfway through the year as well. So yep. if, they, if they maintain that, they'll play funnels. Congratulations. Well done. But, you know. Not worth the risk. Not worth the risk. <laughs> One that you might risk on Adelaide. Yes, I'll be risking them. I'll be oh, holding buy- them. Oh, holding it. Holding. Say, you'll be buying it. Well, <laughs> holding is still quite a risk. Because, um, yeah. I mean, even though Adelaide have impressed me so far this year, um, you still get that feeling similar to Essendon and a few other teams that they could drop off at any moment. They're a yeah. young team. Um, and it, it could all go pear-shaped very quickly. But... I'll hold. I like the way their fixture looks for the next few weeks. Collingwood this week's the hard one, but they've got North Melbourne, they've got SNN, and they've got GWS um, after that. So that could hold them in good stead. If, if they can be, I guess, two and two after that, um, gets them to nine wins um, in the last, I guess, eight rounds. So they need to find three wins in the last eight rounds. I reckon they could make finals if they keep playing the way they're playing. Mm. Big if, but yeah, I think they're on the right track. So I'm holding. Yeah, not going to buy into them, but not worth dropping off in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's yeah. It's, there's a, they're fun enough to hang on to. I think again, if you're going to be like super brutal, I think they're probably peaked as well. I don't see them making funnels, so there's not much to be gained by hanging on to them at the moment. Yeah, but long term. Maybe hang on to next year and the year after and the year after. They've just re-signed uh, five, well, extended the contracts <laughs> of five players this week and then that has seen their coach come out and say that we're now a destination club. Yeah. If you were getting drafted this year, back in the time machine, you're an 18-year-old Nicky G, <laughs> you're going in, you know, top 10. Are you saying, please Adelaide, please Adelaide, or are they a destination club yet, do you reckon? I, probably not the destination club, yeah. but I think their, their list looks exciting enough to be like, all right, yeah, I wouldn't mind being a part of that. If I do get drafted by them, it's certainly not on the West Coast. It's on North Melbourne. I'd, yeah. I'd be happy with Adelaide. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Pseudo destination club. The Western Bulldogs, every year I reckon you get to halfway through the year and you're like, I don't have to tip one Western Bulldogs game right. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, what do we do shit. with the doggies? I'm holding because for that exact reason. One week they're good, one week they're bad. But it's very typical for the Bulldogs to finish around that sixth to seventh mark, eighth maybe. Um, have they finished in the top four over the last few years? I, I don't even know. I can't no, remember. I but this is just typical Western Bulldogs. Um, they're, they're seventh right now as we speak. That's probably where they're going to finish. So, not worth selling, really. Not worth buying into. I don't think they can really trouble the the top end of the table too much. I'll hold. Yeah. Because they do still have that potential of, I guess, they've got enough stars on their list to cause trouble. So, you don't want to, yeah, let go of that either. And this is the point, I think, that I have each year is that this list is better than what they're playing. Or yeah. what their results are, are like showing them. Definitely. And then the number one thing I personally hate as a fan on the internet <laughs> is people telling coaches that they can't coach. Yeah. So I'm not going to say, say here quite literally <laughs> that Bevo can't coach. Yeah. What I'm going to say is that he gives off a vibe that he can't coach. <laughs> like yeah. the whole Norton thing, I've got no uh, more key backs, but he's not going back. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to anyone. Yeah. And who am I to say, because I haven't done the credentials, I don't have experience, I didn't even play footy to any significant level. So clearly I don't know much. And they've got a surplus of forwards as well. But it just seems that, like, it's pretty obvious that, like, that's the thing I'm missing, you replace it with the thing that you have. Yeah. And then even the way he talks about games and his game style. So they were on a winning streak and then they've ended up losing to Port Gold Coast Geelong. And he's like... Those games probably swung on decision and skills at times, and ours have been marginal, and it's hurt us. So we had a seven-point loss to the Gold Coast. Marginal, sure, but also it's the Gold Coast. You shouldn't be comparing yourself with Gold Coast. They lost by 22 points to Geelong, 22 points to Port Adelaide, both at home at Marvel Stadium. Yeah. I don't think a four-goal loss is, is marginal. Mm. I feel like sometimes he just kind of like wipes his hands of the result and goes, oh, we won five in a row, and now we lost three in a row. Like, that's just football. Yeah. Stuff happens. Then what's he doing? Yeah. Isn't it his job to kind of control the things he can control? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So Um, Bevo out, and until he's out, I'm not buying in. (laughs) (laughs) Richmond, you've got to love the new coach bounce. Are you buying in to the Tigers? Uh, I'm loving what McWalter is doing, and I'm liking the way Richmond's playing, but I'm not going to buy in. I'm going to hold. Um, Yeah, I, I, I... don't know how much longer this can continue. Yes, the new coach bounce is very good, Gordon. Yep. But how many times have other clubs bought into the new coach bounce, given them contracts straight away, and uh, I don't think any of them have lasted the journey. So, um, yeah, I'm not buying into Richmond yet. I, I still don't think they play finals. Yeah, they probably don't play finals. I think the smart thing to do here is hold, and Kane Corns, if yeah. you're listening, just hold. Because yeah. three weeks ago, you're telling them that Richmond has the worst list of all time. And Tarantino's not a top yeah, terrible. player. <laughs> all of a sudden, he has a great month. He's on top of the Brownlow tracker brought to you by Telstra, whoever brings it to you. And then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, look at this list. They've got 20, like, so many 26-year-olds yeah. that are amazing. Yeah. They're going to be set up for a new dynasty, and Nicole's going to take them there, and you know, Koch will retire, and Dusty will retire, but it won't matter because Tim Tarantino's a new Dusty. And so yeah. hey, what, is, what is going on? Have a breath. Take yeah. a hold. Take care of their stock because yeah. none of their stats statistically, there's no consistency. Yeah, they played great on the weekend. It was Koch's 300th. Of course, they played great. Dusty yeah. was back, rejuvenated, smiling. He even did an interview. Like, mm. that's how weird that game was. 
And yeah. really, to be honest, if you watch that game back, St Kilda should have won. So, you know, they've they've finally, you know, come off the bottom of the inside 50 efficiency ranks. They're now second worst in the competition. Congratulations, round of applause to the Tigers. Their disposal is still ranked 17th. You know, yeah. they're just not, it's not consistent. They're, they're not good. Yeah. It's chaos. It's nice. It's got vibes. It's got energy. They're yeah, middle lost. of the road. To bottom of the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of <laughs> bottom of the middle, St Kilda. Oh, yeah. By wholesale, but my my talking point here is, was uh, was uh, was it a good idea to contract Ross? Was yeah, it really a good idea? Really? <laughs> yeah, now you're coming back around, are you? <laughs> I tried to warn you, Gordo. I tried to warn you. I'm not a fan of the St Kilda. I haven't been all year. Yeah. And I'm selling them because, I mean, what are they ranked in the ladder? They're, they're fifth right now. Um, and they're only going down. Yeah. I I just don't trust them. I don't trust the way they're playing. Again, that Richmond game, the Hawthorne game that they lost, they're games they should be winning if you want to play finals. Um, and as this season progresses, we're going to see what we've seen over the last few years and that's St. Kilda dropping off. Yeah. That's in, that's my honest opinion. Um, again, this this week's game against Brisbane's interesting. It's at Marble Stadium. Brisbane don't travel well. Gosh, either way this game goes, uh, I think we can put a red pen through one of them. Yeah, and it's probably going to be St Kilda. Yeah. Two big stats jump out at me. The first one is we now have a new worst team for inside 50 efficiency. There and you that's go. St Kilda. Yeah. Which is partially the reason why they did, couldn't beat Richmond on the weekend. Yeah. So that's not great for a side that's already got not a lot of explosive yeah. fear factor in the front half. Yeah. The second one is that St Kilda has used 28 players this season, the fewest in the competition and three fewer than anyone else. And usually everyone's like, oh, wow, they're so healthy. But if you the vibes, what, they've gone 10 weeks, last 10 weeks they've gone win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. Mm-hmm. Something would say you might want to shake that team up. Yeah. It's not getting the results you want. And the number one lament of Ross Lyon has always been he just kind of like sets and forgets. Here's my 23. It's 2023 for the season unless someone gets injured. Yeah. So that's not going to work, surely. Because at the start of the year, everyone was like, oh no, Saints have so many injuries. All these good players are sitting outside. Yeah. Well, they've only used 28 players. Where are, they, where are these good players that were meant to be in this team? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I second that as well. And again, uh, not to say Ross can't coach, because clearly he don't mind to say that. But again, <laughs> the vibes, the vibes are suggesting yeah. something's wrong. The the wheels are falling off slowly. Um, and also Max King as well was criticised uh, this week. I saw by Kane Corns for diving too much. He thinks oh, he should no. harden up a little bit. I should have I should have realised that because now I have to buy into St Kilda. Because that automatically means that Max King now kicks <laughs> eight goals a week yeah. and is about to dominate the league. Wins the Coleman. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Again, interesting. It's funny, though, because I have noticed some of that uh, staging that he does. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. When you look back at some of St Kilda's forwards over the years, they've had Tony Lockett, who's, you know, this tough brute. Fraser Garrick, who's, mm-hmm. again, another brute. Nick Rewalt, one Captain of those courageous. courageous players of all time. And then, yeah, Max King, who's well over six foot, you know, um, taking taking a soft touch and fall into the ground fall into the deck yeah. it's not good to see so 
hopefully fixes that out of his game because he is a good player. Yeah. So um, he needs to be strong in that forward 50 and lead by example and help guide St Kilda to the finals. There we go. It's just not this year, but looks a thing. Fremantle, I just have yuck, uh, which means I'm selling him. Um, because <laughs> another one of your teams here because <laughs> they show well Fremantle more so than St Kilda St Kilda I think I just got caught up in the narrative to be honest and it, was a bit, it was fun yeah. it was the 150th anniversary why not Yeah, let's let's get them one more premiership <laughs> Frio is like come on every year you tease us with lots of talent yeah great midfield you know enough on either end to really do a job you know yeah. Lomia comes in <laughs> Promise, and then this happens. Yeah. Like just they they forget how to play football, and then they just lose all the things they used to be good at. You, you can't be losing by seventy points to GWS, who are currently placed fourth last. Yeah, you can't. But you can't be doing it the way they did it either, in the sense of not just the score, but like they lost contested possession. They're meant to be one of the best midfields in the competition, like or like a top, you know, a top five yeah. midfield. They lost clearances. They lost center clearances. They lost the inside 50 count almost by like 33%. Yeah. And it was crazy that, numbers. And I think last time we spoke as well, we were talking about how good Freya were. That was after their little purple patch yeah. of form. But yeah, the last couple of weeks, it's just back to what we were questioning questioning them on um, in the beginning of the season, struggling to score. Again, you mentioned that midfield, um, not firing. So I don't know what the issue is because, again, on paper, their midfield should be a lot better than what it is. Uh, their defense is, looks pretty solid. They've got good ruckmen. Why are they playing good footy? That is that is a very good question. And it's such a stark difference. So round six to ten, contested yeah. possession count, they won by 14 per game. Ranked number one in the competition. Everyone's like, midfield beasts. Oh, my God, how good's Frio? They're playing some aggressive football. And then since round 11, they've lost that count by 17. Yeah. So that's, an, that's like a 30 disposal swing. Yeah. They've lost a player's worth, an absolute jet of a player's worth of contested possessions. It's confidence. Confidence is rock bottom. Uh, yeah, I'll be selling them as well. Selling them. Sydney, I am selling. They need to restart. <laughs> um, you could buy for next year, but this year? Really? I, What's going on in Sydney? I should probably be buying them. I think... They've got a few players coming back from injury. Yep. Hear me out. I think they've got Heaney coming back this week. They've got Tom McCartan coming back, Dane Rampey, so there's some defenders. Callum Mills is coming back into that team, so they're gaining a bit of leadership, a bit of star quality there. Um, and they're only two games out of finals. Now, yep. call me crazy. You're crazy. I don't want to write them off just yet. I think they've had a terrible start to the season, but... Sydney aren't a bottom four side. I don't think they're going to finish bottom four. Yeah. I, I think they're going to get some wins in the second half of the season. And if they don't make the eight, I think they'll finish just outside it. They'll, yeah. they'll go on a bit of a run, the Swans, I reckon. Um, and well, starting this week, they've got West Coast, so they'll get a nice percentage booster there at the <laughs> SCG. And then they've got Geelong at the SCG, so... Could be two wins there, and that'll get them off on the right foot for the second half of the season. So I'm holding. I'll buy them in a couple of weeks. All right. Uh, you've convinced me to hold as well. <laughs> but I don't like two things. One, yeah. their set shot is the second worst in the competition. They only kick 58% from set shots. That's just a mental thing. I'll fix that. 
but they haven't, and I don't <laughs> see why they won't. Uh, and in the last four rounds, games involving Sydney have had the highest match pressure factor, 191, whatever that number means, but it's the yeah. highest from both teams. Yeah. So they're a really easy team to pressure on, mm. which is why I think some of this confidence stuff is at a loss because they're always under the pump. Yeah. And that's why Sydney games are always so messy. Yeah. So, yeah, that system isn't there, which is a bit odd because... Yes, they're young, but they're not that young. And a lot of these so-called young players mm. have been in the system for a while now. The Heaney's, the Papley's, like they're, they're six-year players now. Like yep. they're not, yeah, they're not rookies. So that stuff should have been worked out. But yeah, again, they get the, they get a little bit of a pass because it's the Sydney thing, you know. Oh, yeah. They're a good club. They've got the blood spirit. <laughs> like you know, you can't rule out Sydney. They might make finals. Yeah, but you know, half a year's worth of data suggests they're not going to be that good this year. Speaking of hype, Carlton. Yeah, I'm not buying into that win. It was a good win. Yeah. I'm not buying into it. It was just the Gold Coast Suns. It was just one quarter of football. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that first quarter, I was thinking, gee, the Blues, they could be in for another rough day. Credit to them, they turned it around, but yeah. it's still not enough to Microwaves around the north, the inner north suburbs were saved by this <laughs> one win yeah. on the weekend. I don't think you just sell Carlton this year. I think you sell them for the next. So you've double sold them. I've double sold them because Jeez. they're cooked. <laughs> like they have so many players between the ages of 23 and 27, mm. the sweet spot for premierships. So two issues. They've got like, I think like almost a dozen players on, you know, contracts that don't expire until 2026. Yeah. They've got Mackay, Kerno, Cripps and Pitney until 2027 and beyond. So that's your core. They're yeah. already set up their premiership core. Oh, yeah. So you can't really They're change. You can't change direction really no, here in no. the next until really 2025, unless you actually trade with someone. Yeah. And you've traded in all these players. Mm. Like they were other people's rejects that you got in. And then they have this glut, like most people do, of people who are off contract this year, which is the only way you're going to change is from the fringes. So they're going to be super active at the trade table getting rid of all these expiring contracts of players that are on the fringe of a Carlton side that aren't that yeah. great. And it's not going to change anything. Because then again, getting, like, who do you get in? Like, mm. you can't, you're going to get in draft picks. Great. Well, they're 18 year olds that aren't going to play games. Or you're going to get in other 25 to 27 year olds who are on the fringe of other clubs yeah. who are the equivalent of all the players you've just got rid of. So you think they've missed their boat in, well, they in never terms got, they, of their list They never got in strategy. the boat. Yeah. All right. That's fair. They enough. they yeah. hoarded they hoarded some first round picks. They've got some great players. They've won a Coleman. They've won a Brownlow. Yeah. Last time I checked, the point of running a club is to win a premiership. Yeah, I I, I see where you're coming from. I still think they've got a good enough list though to make finals and to to be playing finals. They are that list on paper is a finals team. Yes. And then you add in the double whammy, that list on paper. And playing good footy on the ground. Yeah. Other than one quarter of immaculate football against yeah. the Gold Coast Suns. Mm. And I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Well, certainly this year I think is a write-off. Yeah. I don't think there's really any way back for them. Um, if you really want, like, a hot tip, I reckon the Hawks beat them after their bye. Yep. For some reason, I've just got one of those feelings. Yeah, one of those Hawthorne bias feelings. Which rarely feeling. come off. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I'm just looking forward to that game. And then, yeah, again, Frio in Perth and then Port Adelaide. So three games out of the bye, which are very tough. Yeah. 
Um, and I mean, credit to Hawthorne as well. I mean, wouldn't really say they're an easy beat at the moment. They've won three of their last four games. So, and Carlton, who is so, I mean, you don't know what to expect from them. Yeah. Yeah. If they lose, if they even if they lose two of those three games, yeah, it's season over. So, sold. And yeah, I'll I'll reserve my judgment for next year. <laughs> so, in terms of confidence, how do we, how do you fix that in a in a player? Because there's two glaring stats here for the for Carlton. One is their scoring accuracy from inside the corridor is ranked last in the competition. Yeah. Last time I checked, that's the whole point of having like Colonel Mackay is mm. kick it in the guards, take a mark, go back, kick a goal. Mm. Like, let's hit the 25-meter hot spot. They're the worst at converting from that spot. They only convert 58% of the time. Second is that they've scored a goal from only 20% of their inside 50s. So one in five entries is a goal. A lot of, a lot of behinds, a lot of repeat entries, but only one in five is a goal. That's also ranked last. Yeah. West Coast is better at kicking from set shots than Carlton is. North Melbourne is better at kicking from set shots than Carlton is. Yeah. They've invested all these resources in getting two key pillars mm. to have a game style where they win the clearance, they kick it in early, they take a mark in front of the goals, mm. and it's not working. How do you fix that? Because these guys, in terms of confidence, are already locked in until 2030, 2029. Like, that's confidence boosting, surely, to have this super long contract so you can just go about your work. Yeah. Is it? Do, you have, do they have to re-sign Boss? Do they have to sack him and get someone else in? Like, what? Do you, what lever can they pull to get back their goal kicking now? Yeah, it's it's a good question, and I mean, you touched on Mackay and Kerno. I think the issue with Mackay is obviously a mental thing. He, he's won a Coleman before, and you can see it in his in his runner. Um, after he marks a ball inside 50, he's almost directly in front and he opts for a snap instead of a drop punt. That just has to be put down to confidence. I don't know how you win that back, but you just need to work on it. Um, I think the issue with Carlton and their list is their bottom six players aren't very good and a lot of them are in the forward line. Like they're, they're small to medium forwards aren't very good. Hmm. Jack Martin... Cottrell, Cunningham, um, Owies, they're, they're not great players, they're not premiership players, I, I can't see those players winning a premiership, um, so I, I'd, I'd be interested to see what their scores off turnover is, because a lot of the best sides in the competition generate a lot of score off turnover, um, their forward pressure isn't very good Carlton, so once they lose the ball inside 50 just goes straight back out or you know if they miss their opportunities in front of goal that's usually their opportunity gone so um yeah their forward line is a big problem they've got some personnel there that can work obviously but ultimately uh yeah they've got a few spots there to fill and i think they need to bring in a new forwards coach that can really get the best out of what they've got there yeah so plenty of issues there carlton and uh obviously everyone's selling including the members selling <laughs> They're microwaves because they're full of plastic. <laughs> Gold Coast, buy, sell, hold. Uh, I couldn't really decide whether to hold or sell with uh, with the Suns because, again, I, I don't think you can really... I mean, on paper, you can't really write them off for finals because they're only one game um, off the top eight. So, oh. Again, the issue with us is that we, we buy into Gold Coast so many times. I've already bought into them this season at one stage, and they let you down. Um, but 
I kind of want to buy back into them soon because last week was obviously their bad week. But I think they're going to go on a little bit of a run again, get everyone excited. I think they could go close to making the eight. So I don't want to fully sell them. Hmm. They'll get Took Miller back soon. Um, and I still have faith in their style of play, even though they're very inconsistent and you don't know what to expect. Their players are good. They've, yeah. they've got they've got a decent list, and it'll, it, it will get better next year because they've got some top um, academy players that'll be entering the club. So they'll go close. So I don't really re- I don't want to fully sell. Yeah. If you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're they're kind of like Essendon for mine. Yeah, like they're in that same vibe where it's kind of like, oh, you guys look pretty good on paper, but like you know, you don't always show up. Mm. And like that was that was certain last week. Like they played very well. They didn't play very good. They played decent against Carlton for three quarters, and then they played abhorrently for one quarter. Yeah, and that was a difference. And it's just when do they as a club develop so that they don't have that one quarter or mm. that one week or that one month period where they just are very bad? Yeah, because you know they have enough six eight game runs. Each, each year that are very, very good. And everyone's like, oh, wow, here's, exactly. my, here's my new cold hero. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, yeah, they're not that good. So hold for now. Hopefully they, you know, they pick it back up. And, uh, no, we're still waiting for that funnels. And there's this year outside the top four, I think the top four is fairly obvious. Mm-hmm. And there's still four spots up for slots. So I reckon that the bottom four of the top eight could change. Yeah. All of it could All change. All of it change. So, yeah. Good time for footy fans. Unless you're a fan of a club in that top or bottom bottom four of the top eight. Such a hard thing to say <laughs> in the audio medium. Speaking of buy, selling and holding, it's time to run our episode. Desktop decisions, super coach advice for round 15. How did you manage doing super coaching barley? That's the big question. Uh, I did have Wi-Fi you, in my Did you room. hire an assistant coach to come take over for a couple weeks? The, the concentration, uh, the normal concentration wasn't there. Um, I didn't really do too many trades in Bali. In fact, I don't think I did any trades in Bali. Um, I just wasn't looking into it deeply enough and I didn't want to make any stupid decisions without properly studying it, so I just left it. Um, and obviously, it's the bye week, so players are going to miss... Team's not going to be that great anyway. But this week in the bye week, Gordo, it is complete carnage. A lot of popular players that everyone has are going to be missing. So a lot of teams are going to be struggling to field 18 players. Um, And look, if it's not fixable, if it's just completely beyond repair, I'd just say cop the L, um, save a trade if you want. But, you know, if you do have an opportunity to make 18 players I'd consider making three or four trades so it depends on your situation of your team uh, in terms of what to do this week I'll be making four trades and I'll be looking to bring in Lockie Neal and Darcy Cameron hopefully um, and there's a couple of rookies to get as well Ryan Marich the number one pick of the mid-season draft he's playing for West Coast at the moment Brisbane's got a couple of young players in, Jasper Fletcher and Kai Lohman, who might be okay. Devin Robertson's another one who's a bit more expensive. And Angus Sheldrick of Sydney. So a couple of cheap options to downgrade there. And then you can use the rest, uh, the money you make to upgrade your team. So the aim is to have, I guess, a fully completed side with no rookies on your field left by the end of this week after the buys. So interesting week ahead. Not expecting a 
big score. Um, I dropped in the rankings a fair bit, Gordo. I'm down to 2,864. Um, so I dropped 1,000 last round, which wasn't very good. Um, and I'm not expecting much this week either. <laughs> Cue a massive comeback. You'll come back into the thousands. Hopefully, yeah. And you're back from Bali. You're back on board. That's you're refreshed. It. You're renewed. And you're ready to rock and roll. That's all we got time for on this massive episode of The Fans I'd Viewed, the Buy, Hold, Sell special edition. We hope you enjoyed some of that analysis and some of the jokes as well. And uh, as always, if uh, your team's playing this weekend, uh, we hope they win unless they're playing my team, which they can't because they have the buy. <laughs> See you next week.